Welcome to eBible Fellowship's Sunday Bible Study. For broadcast times in your area of these studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now it's time to begin our Sunday study with your speaker, Chris McCann. Please keep in prayer the trip to Lima, Peru. Um, and we're still looking for people to go on that trip. The trip is from September 8th through the 16th of September, and Gunther is leading that trip. Um, since it's getting so close, and today is the 23rd, I think by this Wednesday, we're going to have to close the trip uh, to Lima, Peru. So if you're interested in going, make a decision. Remember what God says in 1 Corinthians 6? Know ye not the saints will judge the world how much more smaller matters. So you can make the decision and there may be funds available. If you're interested, send an email to ebiblefellowship at juno.com. I, I can never remember that other email, but, but you can send it there and I'll forward it on. Uh, there's also various track trips, uh, many of them within the U.S. Actually, no, one's in London. London, England in September 11th to the 13th. They all look like Friday through Sunday or Friday through Monday. Oh, and, and a Dominican Republic in Haiti. This is um, Friday night studies list of track trips. There's just too many to mention. So um, send an email to ebiblefellowship at juno.com if you're interested in going on a track trip. Um, at the end of August to Las Vegas, also end of August, Washington, D.C., Dominican Republic, Haiti, first week, end of August, first week, September, Nashville, Tennessee in September, Cleveland, Ohio, Los Angeles, um, about mid-September, London about mid-September, and Texas, um, road trip to Dallas, Houston, San Antonio about a week towards the end of September in San Francisco. And also, um, Pope Visit Track Distribution, five-day, three-city caravan event, Washington, D.C., September 23rd. New York City, September 24th, 25th, and Philadelphia, 26th and 27th, all in September. Um, the the 27th will be our last Sunday uh, day in the Word. So, again, if you have any interest in any of those trips or the Lima, Peru trip, please send an email to ebiblefellowship at juno.com. And there's also these things available, car toppers, you know, like uh, sort of like dominoes. <laughs> they, they put this on the hood, and it has magnets. I was wondering how they worked. They just have magnets, so they stick to your hood. And... Uh, it looks like it can go into your uh, your socket in the car to light at night. Okay, now these are fairly expensive um, for the item and also for the shipping to get it here. So we're not going to ship them to anyone because it just adds more cost to it. This is a special bonus for those that are have come to the Day in the Word either today or, Lord willing, the next one we have. Uh, if anyone will use it, please don't take it and put it in your trunk 
or or don't take it and just park your car at home like me. Um, that's pretty much all I do. If you're going to be about, you know, driving around and, and you're going to use it, uh, that way we can get good use from the funds, then please let us know. And we have several in the back. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. On the back table, I'm sure everyone's noticed. There are a lot of items uh, that are free. Uh, you can feel free to take them. I, I would like to mention that our advertising campaign on Facebook is doing very well, and and we're we're directing people to various websites, YouTube, the October seventh website, and many people are going there. Um, I just did this one thing to check it out. On our October 7th Facebook page, um, there have been a lot of shares. They share the video or they share various Bible studies and things. And so I checked out 10 people that had shared something from the October 7th page, mostly the video, and they put it on their page. What happens on Facebook is if you could, you, you find something, let's say you find a Bible verse, or a Bible study, or a video about the end of the world, you can click a share button, and it puts it on your personal page. And each individual on Facebook has friends. And that's what I was curious about. So I checked 10 people to see how many friends they had, because those 10 people just shared the information about October 7th with all their friends. And... And uh, the 10 people had almost 7,000 friends when I added them up. So then I saw, I took that as an average. It actually was more like 6,900 and some. It was like 696, I figured, per share of individual. And then I saw that that page had shared almost 1,400 times over the last week. And, and I took that average of 696 times... I think it was 1,385, and it came out to almost 1 million people that we had no knowledge of, we had nothing to do with. You know, our focus was on uh, advertising that note, and it reached this one person who then shares it with all their friends. And you can see how God can use something like that. You know, on Facebook, I think there's over a billion people. There's over 1 billion people on Facebook and we have the ability to target the people. We can target people in Greenland, or we can target people in America, Samoa, or we can target people in China. Well, not no, China doesn't have a big Facebook presence uh, for some reason. I think it's their government. But, but we can target people uh, pretty much most places except China, Cuba, and Iran. Are, are about the three places that Facebook isn't covering. But, but otherwise, um, we're able to reach out to these other places. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been reaching millions of people, not just with the shares, but through our own advertising, we've reached millions, no telling what God has done with shares, word of mouth, and all that. And... Well, Lord willing, we're going to multiply the amount of advertising we're doing by at least tenfold in the next 40 days or so. 
and uh, we're we're going to try and reach. Uh, right now, all of our Facebook pages are reaching millions. We're going to try and reach uh, tens of millions, maybe a couple hundred million, according to the Lord's will. And we'll we'll just allow God to do what He does and multiply the bread to reach His people. But but I just wanted to mention that uh, that things are uh, going forth and and God is blessing His word as it it goes out into the world. Okay, let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for. This day, we thank you for another Sunday, a day of uh, refuge, a day of uh, respite, uh, a a day of being strengthened and encouraged by your word. And how much uh, we need a day like today in this world. And, oh, Lord, how much harm. people do to themselves when when they treat this day like it's any other day, when they go about their normal business of work or seeking pleasure, just like any other day. And yet, for a while now, you have taught us that this day is set apart. It is holy. Uh, We are to remove our foot from thine holy day. And it's not a day for our own will or our own pleasure, but it's, it's a day um, for spiritual activities. And Father, we thank you that uh, we have your word before us and uh, uh, that we're able to pray to you today and to sing hymns to you. And and Father, we, we thank you for this needed break from the world. And we do pray that you would strengthen our hearts and help us day by day as we're coming up uh, it appears from everything we can see to the final lap of the stage of testing. And Father, we do pray that you would help us to endure to the end, how horrible it would be to come so far and to turn back or, or to have preached to others and ourselves be a castaway. Father, we pray that uh, you would Strengthen us, and it's not our doing, but through your grace, working within us to will and do of your good pleasure, you would lead us to the last furlong, to the finish line. Uh, And we do hope and have a good expectation that this will be the end of running the race, running the furlong, and we will receive the incorruptible crown that lies at the end. And Father, we pray now as we turn our attention to your word, may you uh, bless your word to each one of us, and uh, may you help us in understanding, grant us uh, the ability to perceive and to discern and to understand time and judgment and, and all that you would have us to know. And Father, we pray for everyone here, anyone that is listening, may you bless them also. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, in our last couple of Sunday studies, we've been looking at the 10,000 number and the 10,000th day that is October 7th, 2015. We saw, for instance, that 
um, in Matthew chapter 18, there was an interesting tie-in with God beginning His judgment and the number 10,000 that was owed. It's the complete debt of the sinner, and in this case, as someone who is one of God's servants. In Matthew 18, 23 and 24, it says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. And it was just uh, noticed that here God uses the word begun to reckon. And that's the same word as in First Peter 4.17, judgment begins at the house of God. And the Lord is reckoning with his servant as God reckoned with the churches and congregations that profess to be the servants of God. And he begun to reckon, and uh, the amount of the dead owed was 10,000 talents. And it just so happens that from the beginning of the judgment at the house of God, which began on May 21, 1988, to October 7th, 2015, is 10,000 days. So we we looked at that, and um, it, it, it seemed very interesting. And then in our last study um, last week, we were looking at how Christ comes with 10,000s of his saints. And again, God is using the number 10,000 in relationship to Judgment Day. And, of course, it means the completeness of the saints, but it's interesting how God is using this number 10,000, and we're looking at a date this October 7th that will be, this is absolute, the 10,000th day since judgment began on May 21, 1988. There's no question about that. It is the last day of a 10,000-day period. Now, the question is, will it be the last day of Earth's existence? Well, there's strong evidence for that. But it's it's a definite that that day is the last day of 10,000 days. And isn't that interesting that there is a date and, and uh, we were looking after May 21, 2011, for the the continuance of what God was doing in the judgment process, how long would Judgment Day be? What would the duration of Judgment Day be? And we went to Revelation 14, and God provides a number, 1,600, that fits with the 8,400 days of the Great Tribulation, and... When, when we put the two together, we find it equals 10,000 days. And what does the number 10 in the Bible point to? Completeness. Did we just make that up like the last couple of years? How long have we been teaching, or God's people have been teaching, that the number 10 points to completeness? Well, you can go back to Mr. Camping for decades, and I'm sure before him. And I remember... Um, finding uh, A.W. Pink breaking down numbers in his study on the book of Exodus. It's not something that originated with Mr. Camping as A.W. Pink was born before him. God's people have learned probably down through the ages, the number 10 points to completeness. 
ten, one hundred, one thousand, ten thousand. Ten thousand is even a more special or more complete number because it's tenth to the fourth power. Ten times ten times ten times ten and four involves the furthest extent of what's in view. And and so that day is the 10,000th day, and very likely it will be the day God completes the judgment that he began. Even that statement, judgment begins at the house of God, calls for a completion. If you begin something, remember what the Lord says in Philippians, that he which has begun a good work in you will finish it at the day of Christ. How's that go? Let's take a look. In Philippians 1, um, in verse 5 and 6, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he'll perform that good work until that day. And that day is judgment day. So God begins something in his people. He completes it at the day of judgment. And and that's the idea behind that statement. Judgment begins at the house of God. That's why on May 21, 2011, after 8,400 days and exact 23 years, we were looking for the completion. And, and we looked at five months and we thought, well, this is it. This is it because the Bible speaks of five months. We were incorrect about the nature of the five months. We thought it would be a literal five months, but it turned out to be figurative like every other number in the book of Revelation. It, it just represented judgment day. And actually, 8,400 days plus 153 to get to October 21, 2011, is uh, 85.53, breaks down the nothing. It doesn't seem like a complete number, does it? 85.53, but 1,600 added 8,400 comes together like that. 10,000 days. 8,400, the larger part, judgment on the church. They receive more stripes. 1600, judgment on the world and the church, the unsaved in the church. There, when judgment stopped on May 21, 2011 on the churches, God still continued judging them because they're a part of the world. More stripes. But the world receives less. 1600 days in all likelihood of judgment. Well, um, today I thought we're we'll look at what the Bible says about the phrase, the last day. We know October 7th, 2015 is the last day of 10,000 days. But the, the phrase, the last day, is found eight times in the Bible. Let's go to John chapter 6. John 6. And I'll start reading in verse 37. And that phrase, the last day, is found four times in John chapter 6. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, 
not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. So take note of that. Raise it up again at the last day. Verse 40, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's number two. Down in verse 43, Jesus therefore murmured and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's the third time. And then all the way down um, in verses 53 and 54, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Four times. And what's in view with each statement? Either the rapture or the resurrection. And uh, we, we can prove that. Uh, go to Matthew 12, verse 41. And the word raise, raise up, is used. Matthew 12, 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise, that's the same word, in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. The men of Nineveh will raise up. They will rise. Or look at Mark 12. Mark chapter 12 and verse 23, where the Sadducees are questioning Jesus about the resurrection. In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, that's the same word, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God? For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. Again, in verse 25, rise from the dead, raise up. It's the resurrection of the dead. Now, there's many verses like that. Let's just go to one more. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, beginning in verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, that's the same Greek word, rose, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, Terrify one another with these words. <laughs> oh, you're a fear monger. How many times have you heard that? No, comfort. Comfort one another with these words. It is comforting if you're a child of God. It, it's frightening if you're not. And, and that's the purpose. It's not to 
uh, bring fear. But but anyway, I get, just got off topic. Uh, First Thessalonians four fourteen through eighteen, and we're looking at John six and those four references where Jesus says, "I will raise him up again at the last day." So raise up and last day are joined together all four times. Raise up at the last day. Now. We're, we're going to look, Lord willing, at all eight references to the last day, but I want to break them up so we don't just jump right into it. I think it'll help us to dwell on it and, and consider it a little bit better. Let's go to Revelation 14. Revelation 14. And we'll look at verses 19 and 20. And it says in Revelation 14, verse 19, in the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. And that's where we get the number 1600 because in the context of judgment day, uh, you can you can read that way back to verse 9, verse 10, 11, and from 14 through 20. It's it's the whole context of this judgment day. God gives us this unusual statement about the blood coming out of a wine press, and the wine press is where the Lord Jesus Christ is trotting the wicked. So it's the blood of the wicked that is overflowing and and extending it's going forth by the space of 1,600 furlongs, and then it, it just apparently stops because it didn't go 1,601. It didn't go any further than 1,600 furlongs. And then the flow of the blood ceases, and the Bible tells us in Leviticus the life is in the blood. So it, as we, we looked at this chapter, we saw, huh, now, it's speaking of Judgment Day, and Judgment Day, the Bible is locked in as beginning, well, it began at the house of God way back in 1988, but the final judgment of the world began on May 21, 2011, after the tribulation, and this passage locks that in, that it's Judgment Day, and therefore uh, it's, it's identifying with May 21, 2011. And, and so we, we understood that the great tribulation was 8,400 days in length. And here we, as we mentioned earlier, we get the number 1600 that fits perfectly with 8,400. And what happens when we look at this number? Well, it, it, uh, 1600 days from May 21, 2011 falls on October 7th, 2015. And the number breaks down to 40 times 40. 40 times 40. That means since May 21, 2011, it's as though we've each been living little periods of 40 days. From May 21, the first 40 days after, and then 40 days after that, and 40 more, and 40 more, and we're coming up to the completion of the 39th period of 40, I think sometime this coming week, and the final stage would be the 40th 40, because we're coming down to 40 days until October 7th. 
And, and in the Bible, God uses 40 to indicate testing. Testing, and it especially ties in with testing of people that have just been delivered. Testing of people that have just come out of Egypt, the place of captivity. Because God saved all the elect by May 21, 2011. Everyone to be saved, all whose names were in the Lamb's Book of Life, were delivered. And and then we all enter into the promised land right away. No, no. And the Jews were were greatly disappointed about that too. When the hot sun began to beat down on them, and when they began to wander from one encampment to another encampment, and they didn't have food, and they didn't have drink, and uh, they began to murmur and complain, and their their true nature came through, they, the vast majority of them were never saved. And after May 21, 2011, after God saved, graciously, mercifully saved a great multitude of people, what was the response of the people that they themselves professed to be one of those delivered? Murmuring right away on May 22nd. Some waited to the 23rd. And, and others waited till October, to October 21 or October 22nd. And why would God do that? Well, why did he do it to the Jews? Because even though they were slaves, and even though they did come out of Egypt and were delivered, they were not God's true people. They were not true men. They were not spiritual Jews. And likewise, there were many that associated with God's end time program that could have come out of churches that were not truly born again. And so God developed a period of severe testing. That's what the only way you can look at 40 times 40. 40 times 40 is severe testing. And raise your hand if you've not been tested over this period of time. Well, even if you did, I think you would be inaccurate. We've all been tested. Some people physically, some people economically, some people in relationships with with the gospel, the word of God itself, in understanding doctrine, we've been tested. You know, God has been testing since judgment began on the church back in 1988. 10,000 days breaks down to 250 times 40. So October 7th, 2015 is the 250th 40 since he began judging the church, May 21, 1988. And 250 would be 5 times 5 times 10 times 40. So 5 deals with the atonement, and it relates to uh, you know the sacrifice, the offering for sin. The wicked are being their own sacrifice. They're, they're their own offering for their sin. And it's completion, and also God applying the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ to the great multitude over the course of this span of time. But we knew it during the Great Tribulation as God would open up a doctrine. Test, test. 
um, Jesus died for sins at the foundation of the world. Oh, no, he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. I know he died for sin at the cross or annihilation as compared to hell. And just doctrine after doctrine, the end of the church age was testing even during the Great Tribulation. But once we transition to the final judgment of mankind, it intensified 40 times 40 is even more emphasis upon testing. And that's what God has been doing throughout this period of time. And October 7th, 2015 is the last day of 1600 days. It's the last day of, it's, it's the, the 40th 40. That day is the 40th 40. Don't walk under a ladder. <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I make bad jokes. But it's the 40th 40. The 40th 40, the 1600th day. It's the last day of the 1600 day period. It's the last day of 10,000 days. These things are, are certain. These things are definite. It is the last day of 1600. It is the last day of 10,000 days. It is the last day of the 40 times. It's the 40th 40. It's the 250th 40. And I, I, I could probably throw a couple more out there, but, uh, it, it's also the 7700th day since God ended the first part of the great tribulation after that the first 2300 evening mornings. So October 7th, 2015 is the 7700th day since September 7th in 1994. It, it, it's the last day, the last day, the last day of all these things. Well, let's see what Jesus says in the Bible about the last day in um, John 11. This is the fifth time. That phrase is used in John 11. Um, actually, I think it's Martha that will make the statement. In John 11, verses 23 and 24, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Speaking of Lazarus. Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's the fifth time. Resurrection at the last day. And uh, uh, together with the four previous times, I will raise him up at the last day. This word resurrection is used in Luke 14. Luke 14, beginning in verse 12. Uh, or excuse me, I'll start in verse 13 of Luke chapter 14. But when thou makest the feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. So it's, it's the typical word for resurrection. It's in John 5, in John 5, verse 27, uh, and hath given him authority, to execute judgment, that's referring to the Father, giving to the Son, the Lord Jesus, authority to execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which 
All that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. The resurrection of life, the resurrection of damnation. It's all happening when? When's the resurrection? According to John 11, at the last day. The last day, they will come forth, those that have done good, and and uh, God counts or imputes the Lord Jesus Christ's righteousness to his elect, and that's how anyone can be said to have done good. To the rest, they're still in their own sins, and they've done evil. And they come forth to the resurrection of damnation. The word damnation is um, the Greek word chrysis, which is translated as judgment. It's Strong's number 2920. And it's a related word to what we find in John chapter 12. In John 12, where we find our sixth reference to the last day. There's only eight in the whole Bible. We've looked at five. Every one of them has to do with the rapture or the resurrection. In John 12, verse 47, And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And that's um, a related word. That's Strong's number 2919 to Chrysus. Um, I forget how to pronounce that Greek word. But God's word will judge in the last day. Now, the last day in one sense began May 21, 2011, because it's a prolonged period of judgment and God's word has been judging throughout. But especially on that final day of this prolonged period of time, the day when God raises the dead, it's the resurrection of the just to life and the unjust uh, to condemnation, to destruction, to final annihilation, as that would be the day that God destroys the whole world and universe and creates a new heaven and new earth. But again, this is the sixth time this phrase, the last day, is found in the Bible. You know, the Bible's a big book. And, and to have this phrase, especially with that statement in, in the Bible, which spends so much time or God focuses so much information on the last day, on the end of the world in the Bible. That's kind of amazing. That And especially it seems to be concentrated in the Gospel of John. Six times in John's Gospel, and actually a seventh time we'll look at later also in John's Gospel, and only one other place in the Bible is this phrase found, um, and it's in connection with the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. Let's go back to Leviticus 23. And the phrase isn't found here, but we learn about the Feast of Tabernacles in Leviticus 23. And it says in verse 34, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying the fifteenth day of the seventh month, shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days. 
unto Jehovah. Tabernacles is held on the 15th day of the seventh month. Now go further down to verse 39 of Leviticus 23. Also, also in the 15th day of the seventh month. So tabernacles is observed the 15th day of the seventh month, but so is something else. And this would be the feast of ingathering or the feast of harvest. They're, they're held on the same day. They both begin on the 15th day of the Hebrew seventh month. They're observed simultaneously together in the 15th day of the seventh month. When ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto Jehovah seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath. On the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees branches of palm trees and the boughs of thick trees and willows of the brook and shall rejoice before Jehovah your God seven days and shall keep it a feast unto Jehovah seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am Jehovah your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feast of Jehovah. So the feast of tabernacles, a booth is a tabernacle, was held, God says, um, that the children of Israel may know that Israel dwelt in booths when they came out of Egypt. And, and therefore, the Feast of Tabernacles commemorates deliverance when all Israel was delivered. And what happens when you come out of Egypt? You wander 40 years in the wilderness. You're tested. And during the test, what is your housing? Where do you live? In a booth. In a booth. The Feast of Tabernacles is a feast that identifies with testing. It identifies with the 40 years Israel wandered in the wilderness. Well, you see, the parallel is on May 21, 2011, God delivered all the elect and we entered into a period of severe testing and keeping spiritually the feast of booths, the feast of tabernacles. Because Remember how Mr. Camping tied in uh, tabernacles, that feast, with the word of the Lord, with the word of God. And in and it's in Numbers chapter 8, or Nehemiah chapter 8, that he does that. And God's people have turned to refuge to God himself, to his word. It, it is our protection in, in the evil day. Um, it, it says in Isaiah... Chapter 4, verse 5. And Jehovah will create upon every dwelling place of Mount Zion and upon her assemblies a cloud and smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For upon all the glory shall be a defense. And there shall be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat and for a place of refuge and for a covert from storm and from rain. So the Lord has led us to his word 
to observe to keep the Feast of Tabernacles during the severe time of testing. And where are we going to? What's been our direction? What's the focal point or or the finish line? What, what day are we looking at? October 7th, 2015, which is the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It, it's the phrase last day. I, I think I just jumped ahead a little bit. Let's go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8. In Nehemiah 8, um, it says, and uh, I really recommend reading the whole chapter, but in verse 17, it says there, And all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity... And this would be Babylon, but God equates coming out of Babylon to the coming out of Egypt in a couple of places. It's the same spiritual picture. All the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and sat under the booths for since the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun, unto that day had not the children of Israel done so. And there was very great gladness. Also, day by day, from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days, and on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. There, in verse 18 was the phrase, last day, the first day of tabernacles, they're in booths. They, uh, if you read earlier, they, they went to get the branches, just like we read in Leviticus 23, from the first day of tabernacles unto the last day. It's the only time in the Old Testament you'll find that phrase. The only time, the only time in the whole Old Testament that you'll find those three words, the last day. You won't even find last day anywhere. It's only here, only in association with the Feast of Tabernacles. And yet, in the New Testament... God used it six times. I will raise him up at the last day, four times in John 6. Resurrection at the last day in John 11. The word of God judges in the last day, which, of course, is that final day. It's all speaking of the end of the world. That's what happens on the last day of earth's existence. And then he uses the same phrase with the Feast of Tabernacles here in Nehemiah. Uh, well, maybe it's a coincidence. Except he uses it one more time. One more time in John, in John chapter 7. Let's go to, uh, 17 and 8, chapter 8, 17 and 18. In John chapter 7, look at verse 2. Now the Jews' Feast of Tabernacles was at hand. So we know what's in view. Feast of Tabernacles. Look at um, verse 8. Go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. What does Jesus mean by that? Because pretty much after stating this, he goes to the feast. Why would he say this? Because he has in mind the spiritual fulfillment of the Feast of Tabernacles, which is a feast held in the end of the year, 
and the spiritual fulfillment of tabernacles would be the end of the world. That that's been understood also for some time. Well, then in, in this context of the Feast of Tabernacles, we read in John 7 verse 37, in the last day, that great day of the feast, the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. The last day again, that's the eighth and final time in the Bible. Six times identify with the end of the world, the, the raising up, the resurrection, the judgment, and two times with the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And it so happens, <laughs> Bob doesn't like when I use that phrase, <laughs> but I, I can't help it. It so happens that on October 7th, 2015, it's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It, again, the last day. It's the last day of 10,000 days. And, and where did that come from? Does that have any relationship to the Feast of Tabernacles? It's the last day of 1,600 days, which has no relationship to the Feast of Tabernacles. Well, actually it does because it leads us there. But, but that number itself wasn't given to us in the context of the Feast. And and it's also the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, a feast that God relates to the last day of earth's existence by the use of this phrase, the last day. You, you see how the evidence is building? So we can say definitely, and some people want absolute declarations. They, they want, uh, you know, um, exclamation point. Behind October 7th, 2015. All right. Here's your exclamation point. It's the last day of 10,000 days. Exclamation point. It's the last day of 1600 days. Exclamation point. It's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Exclamation point. So that's pretty certain. Will it be the last day of Earth's existence of this world? Well, you know, the last day does come, doesn't it? In many different areas, many different areas, the last day comes. The last day of school, you know, when, when you're in high school, there does come that time. seems like you've been in school for so long, but you do finally come to that last day of school or college or the last day of a military um, sign-up period. I remember being in the military and counting down the days, DTGs, <laughs> and you you have from I started as soon as I got in, <laughs> but you count the days and it seems to drag and and take so long, but the last day comes, and then you look back and it's been years and years and years. The last day comes. The last day of life comes for people. And, and, you know, people we've known, we can look back and, yeah, there was that last day that I, I saw that person. And then they were no more. They died. The last day always comes. And God, who, who has given us the Bible, says these words are faithful and true. And he says he is the last as well as the first. 
He is the ending as well as the beginning. And uh, he's also the resurrection. That's kind of interesting to me that the resurrection at the last day and Jesus is the resurrection and Jesus is the last. He will bring about the last day. Well, let's just look at um, something else. Going back to Revelation 14. Because October 7th, 2015 is also the last day of one other thing. That's that's very significant. Remember in Leviticus 23, the Feast of Tabernacles began on the 15th day of the seventh month. And then God said also on the 15th day, the Feast of Ingathering, the Feast of Ingathering, which is the Feast of Harvest. It's the final harvest. Exodus 23, 16 speaks of the harvest as first fruits and your your final uh, bringing in the Feast of Ingathering at the end of the year. And God says of harvest, you don't have to turn there, in uh, Matthew 13, verse 39, the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The harvest is the end of the world. And then when we come to Revelation 14, we find the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 14 of Revelation 14, verse 14, I looked and behold a white cloud, and upon the cloud one sat like unto the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. What's he going to do with a sickle? Who uses a sickle? A reaper to harvest. To harvest. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. From verses 14 to 16, it's pretty focused on reaping the harvest. Verse 17 And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle, and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth, and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Reap, reap, thrust in the sickle. Why? Harvest is the end of the world. Jesus is judge, and he is bringing judgment day, and judgment day is a harvest, um, according to the Bible. And then in verse 20, and the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress, even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Okay, so Judgment Day begins on May 21, 2011. Harvest, the reaping process, the thrusting in the sickle begins on May 21, 2011. And then God gives us a number, 1600, that once we understand it to represent days and we, we, connect it to May 21, 2011, 
we go into the future four years, four months, and 16 days later. That's what October 7th, 2015 is from May 21, 2011. And it falls on the 10,000th day since judgment began at the house of God. It is the 1600th day according to this, this, uh, relationship with the furlongs. Uh, it is the last day of the feast of tabernacles and it's also the last day of the feast of harvest. Please think about that. Please think about that because I, I, I went through this and, and this chapter in our revelation study and it didn't hit me at first, but then I thought about it. I thought about it. It's similar to how May 21, 2011 locked in because the 7,000 years timeline from uh, the, the date of the flood in 4990 BC of the very day God shut the door 7,000 years later to the day the Great Tribulation ended. It couldn't be coincidence. It was the hand of God locking in that date. Well, what are the odds, to, to use the world's language? You know, they're given pretty good odds. October 7th won't happen. But what are the odds that this particular number given to us in this context would take us to the date of the last day of harvest as God has just been thrusting in the sickle in verse after verse after verse. Thrust in thy sickle and reap. Harvest, harvest, harvest. 1,600 days later, we land on the date that's the last day of the feast of harvest. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. It's the last day of harvest. It's the last day of tabernacles. It's 10,000 days. And it's 1,600 days, uh, which is the completion of the testing, the 40th 40. Well, um, you know, uh, we're, we're still going to say there's a strong likelihood. There's a strong likelihood October 7th, 2015 will be the last day. We'll say definitely it's the last day of harvest. It's the last day of tabernacles. It's the last day of 10,000. It's the last day of 1,600. It's the last day of a 40 times 40 period. All absolute. And yet there's a strong likelihood. It's not a weak likelihood. It's a strong likelihood. This will be the last day. The last day that the Bible has spoken of. Um that Christ has referred to in all these statements. Okay, um, I, I think I covered everything. So why don't we stop here and close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your grace. We thank you for your wisdom and your help in all things. And And Father, we of ourselves stumble around in the dark. We don't even know how to find the door uh, until you come into our life and until you shine the light and you grant us understanding. You give us um, the path to follow and and uh, you help us day by day, step by step to just take the step in front of us. And Father, we've been following your word, seeking to follow your word for for a while now searching, 
looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God. And Father, we're, we're hoping that this is the completion of all things, that this is the fulfillment of all your promises. But Lord, we're, we're not going to insist upon you. We're not going to demand. Uh, we, we are nothing. We are, uh, just recipients of your grace and you have granted us eternal life. And so we have everything and we can wait according to your will. Your will is perfect. It's always perfect. And Father, we pray that you would help us to, uh, to submit ourselves to your perfect will, whatever it may be. Uh, we, we do pray that you would bless your word to each one here or listening and help us in the coming days not to be anxious as we uh, can look at our failures and our, our, uh, so much time we've wasted and, and not done the things we should have done. And then we want to do everything at once and we get very anxious, but help us Lord to realize that all has worked out according to that perfect will that, that, uh, there'll be no one missed that will do all that you have decided we will do in reaching how many you have determined we will reach. So help us to look to you. We do ask that you would multiply your word, uh, to all the people that are hearing now through tracks or online or however they're hearing. May you bless the elect. And may you accomplish your purpose with the rest. Father, we thank you, uh, for this day. We, we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship Sunday Bible Study. For more information or to hear additional Bible studies, be sure to visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com.